Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello. <laughs> I love it when you start a podcast and you laugh at me. Is it because I'm on tour at the moment, like a girl band? First, you are like a girl band, but also because you just said to me, <laughs> I'm just thinking about how many people have had sex in this bed. Can you explain? Right. So I'm on this tour at the moment with Heart Breakfast and we're going all around the country. So um, we've been to North Wales. We're now in another secret location. I can't tell you where because it's, it's happening tomorrow morning. And I've just had a phone call from the reception. We've checked into this really old, like old school hotel, which is clearly haunted. Like it's completely. <laughs> freaking me out they were like um in fact whilst we were recording the podcast the kettle kept turning on and off by itself oh god that's freaky they're like don't worry we're gonna move your room so i was like okay cool where am i headed and they were like to the bridal suite and i was like to the what i was like i can't i'm not i don't want to stay in there and they were like no no it's a lovely room and i was like i'm sure it is and then when i put the phone down i was like how many people do you think i've had sex in that room oh my god every single visitor will have had to have had an obligatory shag in that room won't they you say that right but don't <laughs> like a lot of people say they don't actually end up having sex on their wedding day i didn't did you i did yeah I did. <laughs> oh, God, when does that ever happen? That's the first time that's ever happened. I know, but I, I mean, it's the first time ever, apart from the two times <laughs> I can see. No, I'm joking. We did, but I think we sort of didn't want to, but we felt like we had to. Do you know, like, you, you sort of feel like you have to, but we both probably didn't want to, really. That is hysterical. You, you didn't even want to on your wedding day. That's brilliant. No, because no one does, do they? Everyone gets back and then they're like... Oh, God, I just feel so... I mean, I think we got home at like four o'clock in the morning. So, I don't know. No. no. I would love to do a poll on Made by Mamas on our Instagram (laughs) to find out how many people actually had a quickie on their wedding day just because they felt like they had to. Just because, yeah, you just felt (laughs) they had to tick it off. Like, speeches, tick. But, you know, first dance, tick. Wedding night shag, tick. And also, right, this is another question I've got. Your wedding underwear, right? Oh, yeah. I remember, go- I remember getting really drunk on my Hindu and going into Asian provocateur and spending like six hundred pounds on wedding underwear. Right? Oh my god! That didn't go under my dress. Like I couldn't wear it under my dress. It probably would have taken me about forty-five minutes to get into when I got back from my wedding. What is the point in it? 
Like, what? what is the point? I just like- think you're a bit jaded on life, Georgia. I think <laughs> we need to take you to a happy camp where we just chant in the woods and okay. realise that sometimes in life you just do things for the you, sake you of see, doing you, you them. Just, yeah, but I mean, no. I do. I definitely do. It's only <laughs> it's like, just seven, seven years later that I look back and I think, well, that was such a weird thing to do, wasn't it? Do you know what? I did the exact same thing. And obviously we got married in Ibiza. And then when I got to Ibiza, it was so hot. And the dress was like like sort of quite tight to the skin that I actually couldn't wear any underwear no, I and do you remember how high my slip was on the wedding <laughs> oh, I was thinking at some point as I'm walking down here hope she doesn't escape hope she doesn't escape hope she I love she hope she doesn't escape, escape. Um, <laughs> anyway how are you tell me your news I'm all right I'm good um do you know what? I haven't really got much news other than I'm locked out of my house today because oh we're God. having our flooring done so I went to the gym and then like went to go in and then realized me and Gigi are just locked out so we're actually camped up at a friend's house today thank goodness oh she's um, taking you in she's taken us in <laughs> but then it's just you know I think it's for the next two days and I think well what, what am I going to do like where am I going to go I can't um could go stay at your mate's cook. house yeah I mean all of us on mass I'm sure she won't appreciate that like <laughs> judgy James Axel like she'll suddenly just be retracting her invitation yeah sure no you Actually, yeah, sorry, our heating's packed up. Oh, Tell you what you, yeah, can, no. you could do. You'd come and stay up in the bridal suite with me if I send you the um, oh, yeah. address. You've You'd come around here. Yeah, and we room. won't be shagging in the bed, so that's fine. <laughs> Thank God for that. Um, <laughs> now, we've got a really, really brilliant podcast for you today. Um, and it's definitely a subject that George and I have probably had more conversations about. Um, it's no, it, you're not, it's not wedding shagging. It is not sleep, <laughs> but it's weaning. Um, and is this really is new. this is a subject that obviously we tore our hair about. I mean, you actually at the time, I'm just going to chuck you under the bus here. We were slightly smug about your weaning process. I was Georgia, actually. You were. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was. I, I, you know what? I, yeah, I was really smug, <laughs> and I thought I'd compl- <laughs> thought I'd completely nailed it with Gigi. I was like, oh my yep. gosh, she just eats whatever. She eats everything I put in front of her. She wasn't even drinking milk really by the time she was like six or seven months. She was only having a bottle in the morning and the evening because she was yep. eating so much. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and then now, I mean, I'm happy if she eats three bites of pizza. I mean, you were literally like, what, <laughs> penne el arrabbiata? Sure, <laughs> no problem, Gigi. A side of a garlic bread, yeah. No, seriously now, I mean, if we get to 8.30 and she hasn't asked for a sweet, we're doing really well. 8.30 in the morning? Yeah, she usually comes down, looks at the sweet cupboard and she goes, I need sweets. Oh, I need gosh. sweets. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't need sweets. Here we go. Have some avocado on toast. And she'll just lick the avocado off the top of the toast. Yeah. She, I mean, she she doesn't eat. She, she barely eats. It, it's it's very odd. Well, do you know what? I don't think it is that odd. I think it's actually a lot of people's reality. And I think loads of people that listen to this podcast will be, you'll be nodding all the way through it because I think every child has their, you know, their little hiccups and their kind of phases and their sort of, you know, you think you've got it sorted. You think you've completed then, it, mate. Yeah. And then suddenly they just start rejecting, pushing food away and becoming quite fussy or, you know, we'll only eat one type of food over and over and over and over again. And people, always, this is the annoying thing about weaning because people always go, oh, you just put something else in front of them. And you're like, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, fine. I've done that now for six months. And they're still not touching it. So at what point do you stop putting stuff in front of them because they're just launching yeah. it on the floor or not eating it? And like, it's really hard to know what to do. you just get annoyed by the waste as well? Yeah, Like, no. we're, you know, we're all sort of trying so hard not to waste food. And then, yet yeah, we put vegetables and things on our kids' plates every single day that 
we know they're not going to touch. Not going to touch. Anyway. In fact, I dropped off Kit the other day at preschool. Obviously, we know, you know, Kit, Kit, if you put down, you know, a shepherd's pie in front of Kit or a spaghetti bolognese, he will nail it. So, like, I know in that in that sense, brilliant. But, you know, you try and feed him any piece of fruit or vegetable and he's like, that, yucks. So, I went to the preschool the other day and they were like, oh, he loves mackerel. You sent mackerel in. I was like, yes, I know. And they were like, we couldn't believe it. It's the first time ever we've seen Kit just gobble something down before his sandwiches. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. So, you know, my child doesn't eat, you know, raspberries, but he likes a bit of mackerel. Well, I mean, that, you know, that, you know. Uh, that's very sophisticated. I think, <laughs> I think you're winning there. The palette, the palette on Kit. Uh, Georgia, yeah. let's get into it. Who are we chatting to today? Today, we are chatting to weaning expert and author, Tessa Kelly. So Georgia and I have had a conversation about today's guest, wishing that we had her number on speed dial when we were weaning <laughs> our little ones, because we both had, as you well know, because you've, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, that we both had kids that were like, Meh, and then just chucked it on the floor every time we tried to um, <laughs> present something that we had done. I still have that with Gigi. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Um, we are going to be speaking to an absolute maestro of weaning today, uh, author, uh, mother. She, she she basically turned her hand to basically everything and knows how to grow a brand out of nowhere as well. I feel like we're going to know about that. Um, so yeah, please, let's welcome to the podcast, Tessa Kelly. I feel like you're master of all, Tessa. It's quite hard to do an intro because I feel like everything that you've done is like, she smashed it. Tessa, for those who don't know you, would you mind just giving like, a little brief introduction um, to, I guess, how you sort of started your various businesses and how you know sort of came about to be on social media yeah so um I used to be London Paleo Girl and it was only until I changed my Instagram about maybe maybe a year ago that people were just like oh we just thought your name was like Paleo or something like that so so um so yeah I first started as I got glandular fever and Emmy which I know you two ladies both had as well which is yeah it's such a common thing and it completely wipes you out doesn't it it's yeah it's horrible um and I had that and I basically uh, a friend of a friend said have you heard about the paleo diet and it's all about kind of a whole kind of wellness and a very kind of natural way of um healing you and has helped a lot of people so I thought right it's very new but I'm going to kind of really get into this because the doctors prescribed like antidepressants and um said like I was getting mild ME and I was like right I need to have a big shift in the way I kind of look after myself so um so basically my whole account I just started this sort of blog and Instagram like showing recipes and showing my journey and found that a lot of other people were going through it and um I connected like with a lot of people that way and it's a very kind of sort of 360 approach on kind of food and exercise and like lifestyle and sleep and basically everything of looking after yourself. So that kind of basically just was my foundation of getting better. And it just sort of led, I guess, into businesses I started. So I started a frozen yogurt company, which was um, vegan. And it just kind of grew into, you know, I had all this passion for kind of like healthy living. And it basically just took from this sort of blog and Instagram account and documenting like a diary, basically, into creating businesses. Um, so, so yeah, so that kind of started and then I started a, um, an influencer, uh, agency and with a girl actually, who I ended up living with, who was a friend from uni and it's so weird, isn't it? How you get into these like yeah. situations and how you meet people and everything. Um, and 
and then we we did that and then I we basically worked right up until and my Instagram account just sort of very organically grew and was working with like lots of different brands um and I was sort of yeah I was I was working up until the day I gave birth to Clara um and it's been a very strange two years as I think everyone would probably agree what just having a baby or having a baby just, at the start of lockdown just or with, just yeah with with covid with going from being like a sort of business mum uh, sorry a business sort of a woman I guess to now being this like mum that I'm still figuring out. Tessa can we go back to what a paleo diet is because as far as I'm concerned and what I've been told is if it grows from the tree or yeah. grows from the ground or falls from the tree you can eat it if not you can't touch it falls <laughs> from the tree grows from the ground that's it. Basically it's like how our ancestors lived and it's about having things that are like sort of like not overly processed and I think we live in a world that is like 100 miles an hour and it's kind of and you know there's a lot of things where from like disease comes from by being like highly stressed and all these sort of things so it's basically like taking it back and putting us in like the jungle or something like that I mean okay, that's probably a bit extreme um, I'm just thinking because of like I'm a celebs or whatever, but um, but just kind of like you know that more sort of um, natural living. And I was someone who was like go 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 twenty four seven. Like I thought there was like ten of me, and that um, and I think it did make me go like right. I need to I need to have like eight hours sleep to get better. Yeah, I need to like slow down. I need to look after my body. I need to nourish my body. Um, always because I knew if I didn't I was just gonna like burn out again so I kind of took called it like modern day paleo because a lot of these whole like very traditional sets like we are in the 21st century now so we have to live in a way that is kind of manageable and feasible and realistic um so yes it's it's a very, I don't know if it is well, like the last couple of years, this whole like diet culture and everything has got quite, um, it's got quite kind of, uh, you know, a lot of bad press. Yeah. And there's a lot of things going on that you just think, you know, it is too much. And we've kind of now gone the extreme. And I think that's why I changed my name on Instagram because I didn't want to be associated to a diet because I don't believe in diets. I just believe in kind of a healthy sort of you know living life no that, that you know what yeah. that totally makes sense and that's you know Zoe and I sometimes talk about we feel like we can't say if you know we're dieting or anything like that because yeah. no one no one wants to hear about it and, and I guess it's about finding that balance so when you you had glandular fever and then you discovered the um, paleo diet is paleo, that how you yeah. paleo diet yeah um and you sort of stripped everything back what how old were you and sort of what stage of your life were you at when that happened so I was actually I remember it so well I was graduating from uni and it was like my graduation ball and it was that evening I was like I just felt completely wiped out um and and I mean in a way I guess I was quite lucky with the timing that I'd basically finished all the exams and finished everything um but it was hard kind of going from this sort of high of, of finishing to then going right I'm now my plan is to move to London and I've got you know the, the jobs I was planning on, on going into which was events which is so you know high energy full on and I I just couldn't do it so that's why I had to go okay I'm gonna have to go self-employed I had like three different jobs and I was like I can basically work when I'm well enough to work um 
so it, it kind of took me down a, di- a different career path. It's got a funny tag to it, um, glandular fever, because it's obviously known as the kissing disease, right? That's what you grow yeah. up thinking mm. you get it from. I was 10 when I got glandular <laughs> fever and it took me out. I wasn't snogging anyone at 10. Yeah. It took me out for three months of school. I basically had to have I had to have loads of acupuncture to recover, my immune system boosting various. I mean, I'm I went down the Chinese herbs route, which obviously isn't for everybody, but that's kind of the homeopathic route is where my where my my mum was really big into it. But it has definitely, definitely had a long term impact and effect on my immune system. And for a very long time afterwards, any time I got any form of bug, any form of illness, whatever mm. it was, it was like bang. Um, and still now, it's it's definitely my weak spot. Like I can get very, very, very tired. So I guess. Um, you are you saying that the benefits of kind of cutting out refined sugar, you know, getting your eight hours sleep, drinking lots of water, all of those things, um, you know, to do with paleo, that that has a, a, a huge impact on becoming well. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, and I think I said, you know, just make it into that kind of general lifestyle thing. And then as soon as I noticed I started to get better, I think obviously, you know, when you have a child, you're like, okay, I don't have my like eight hour sleep and it is stressful. And, you know, you can't, you don't have so much in a control but I felt a certain way that I knew I can you know I I know how to look after myself a lot better and things that weren't just a short-term fix you know they were like a long-term lifestyle change but totally with you on the acupuncture like I lost my period for years and when I actually got pregnant with Clara I wasn't having a period and I had I went to this event and someone said it was like this sort of female sort of like health um sort of specialist and she was like oh, how's your period? Because I know you haven't had one for years. And I was like, oh, I still haven't had one. And she was like, oh, you do know you can't get pregnant if you don't have a period. And I was like, at the time I was like seven weeks pregnant. So I was so confused. I was like, I need to have this first scan because I don't know if I can believe I'm pregnant. But anyway, before then I was having acupuncture um, once a week and she definitely kick-started, you know, something down there because uh, well, oh, well, I got pregnant. And then, you know, and then after then, I mean, Clara and things, I actually then started to get periods. So it's like incredible. Wow. Yeah. So were you actively trying to have a baby and that's why you had acupuncture or were you act- actively just trying to get a period so that uh, eventually you'd be able to get pregnant? <laughs> a bit of both really. Like, so I had acupuncture maybe two or three years before we then conceived and it got my period back and I went to this like amazing little sort of like Chinese acupuncturist and I felt this like drop in my tummy and by the time I got home I was like oh my god I have a period and that had been like the first wow. period in years and then I and then when I said oh like yeah like we said oh, I think we want to start trying um and then I thought I'm gonna have to get acupuncture back so I had maybe five or six sessions and then I didn't get the period back but I got pregnant, got pregnant. so amazing yeah, isn't Tessa it? do you know what I I swear by this and I've, I've said this on the podcast before and to Georgia privately that I think that the reason that I fell pregnant naturally after them telling me that I wasn't going to is because I went to see my acupuncturist Kevin Bell who's absolutely incredible he works out of Houston actually if anybody that's listening that needs a great acupuncturist because he he hooked me up to you know I obviously having um, the acupuncture into my ovaries but then he was hooking me up to the sort of electro machine that was stimulating my ovaries um, and I really do look there's obviously p- people out there that are going to go no I don't believe in acupuncture and whatever but it really really did work for me 
Um, and I think the health benefits are so good. Yeah. And do you know what as well? I just think anything holistic is so good for your mind. Mm. And your mind is like controlling your entire body, not scientifically, like in a really holistic state. And I think that's so important. Like I was quite into like all the pucker herbs, you know, everything that's like the reishi mushrooms and stuff. And I swear all of those things really also helped build up my immune system. Yeah. And a, a doctor may say, oh no, like this tablet will, I, I don't, I'm not backing anything. But I just think like whatever, it's worth trying everything, isn't it? You, you found out you were pregnant and then how, how was your pregnancy? Because I guess if you've, you know, you've had to really look after yourself, you know, to not get run down and eat well. Yeah. And then suddenly you're pregnant. I know as soon as I've fallen pregnant before, my good diet has gone out the window and all I've wanted <laughs> yeah. to do is eat beige food and yeah. mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, literally potato and chips. Mix. That's it. Anything. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. how did you cope? Like when you, I guess your mind is telling you, no, I really have to, you know, eat, eat well, well to yeah. be okay. Yeah. So do you know what is actually now I'm pregnant again now it's I've realized how different pregnancies can be and I presumed it'd be the same with Clara and I was I was working like 24 seven and I was probably going to like exercise classes maybe five times a week four or five times a week I was eating not that different I mean yeah don't get me wrong like beige food was for the first trimester I was loving but I could still eat everything else so for me it was like quite quite you know it was quite normal and it wasn't probably until I got to like sort of four or five months I was like oh I'm getting a lot more tired now like socially I found it quite hard I had a few a few hendies and I was like I'm wiped out so then I was like right okay I've got to slow down I've got to look after myself and I kind of took each like sort of week by week and I thought the whole time I'm feeling good I'm just gonna keep going and this pregnancy oh my god like it's been completely different from I think maybe week two I felt so sick I have literally like I had I've had nausea probably up till about a week ago and I'm 20 20 weeks now and I've just like, I felt horrendous. I mean, eating like vegetables or, oh, just haven't been able to really do it. Um, I've been having to like be like a child. I've had to like things I'd make Clara like an omelet and or pancakes where I'm putting loads of veg in. I've been like having to disguise them because I'm like, that's the only way I can get them down. So it's been like, I feel like I've had a lot more of a normal pregnancy that most people have this time round. Um, and and I'm still sort of thinking, you know, I still have the back of my head. I'm like, I've, I've got to look after myself, as does every, you know, every pregnant woman. But I've had things like my toenail fell off last week. Um, my big toenail. And like my big toenail so- fell off last week. My left one. No. <laughs> my big toenail fell off last week. And you know what? <laughs> it's so weird because my daughter, my husband was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I think it's because of the, the, the trainers, but are you going to tell me something else now? Well, so when I saw the doctor, she just laughed and went, oh yeah, like, you know, she said, when you're pregnant and you have kids, they take so much from you, you're basically left with nothing. Um, and, uh, and, and, you, and you basically just like, yeah, you're expected to fall apart. I was like, that's really, really nice advice. Thank you. But to be honest, I thought maybe she's right. Like I've had a lot of hair fall out. I've had, you know, I, I feel like my body sometimes, Adam's like, oh, what's wrong with you now? And I'm like, oh God, I don't know. And I was like, I, you know, sometimes I just feel quite disheveled, I think generally as a parent, but 
What did you do with the toenail? Because I took mine to the nail salon. No, I know, but this and they, they glued it back on with some special like acrylics thing. So it's, have it, they? Yeah, I'll show you, George, privately. No, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> I don't want to put pictures sent over. I just had like new shellac on, and I was just and I was loving my like Christmas nails. So I'm absolutely devastated that I now have got this massive foot that is just like completely nailless. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm lucky it's winter because yeah. if I had you know even my shoes, I'm gonna have to. Oh, I don't know. It's so, just, somebody on yeah. Instagram, somebody really well known. I can't think who it was basically had the same thing happen to them it must have been a couple of weeks ago and then they said I'm just painting the skin now I'm just painting oh, I saw the this. Who was I it? saw this I don't know it but it really a made thing. me feel a That's bit really... sick yeah but it's like it's I was expecting like blood and all this no. I don't know why but I am um, my mum actually was up helping me look after Clara and filming something for me at the time and I was I was like scuffling along in the kitchen and I had my sock on and I was like oh my god I was like what has come into my foot like it was I it was like something's in my sh- in my sock took it off and just whacked up this like big oh, sh- no. shellac now I was like oh god, oh god. I just thought yeah but I'm glad in the bin. that we've shared losing a toenail, toenail together toenail this week. <laughs> That's it now. We're friends for life. Um, let's talk about your book because there's going to be lots of people listening to this that are on their weaning journey. Um, just, just kind of, I guess, firstly, do you feel like you've completely nailed weaning and how was that process for you? And then just tell us why you wrote the book. Okay, so I, in parenting, I don't, I think if you think you've totally nailed something, you feel like you're winning and it probably lasts a second and then something else happens and you're like, right, I'm not winning now. So I touch wood. um, I have, I feel like I've been really lucky with Clara and she's, I had a a good friend of mine um, the children's dietitian. She's amazing. And she helped me a lot. And I was so lucky to have her. Um, And I think she works, she specializes in like sort of like fussy, fussiness and she's very into like all the nutrition side. And I think I was, yeah, I was very lucky to have her. And I feel like we kind of started on a really good foot. We were in lockdown. So my husband was also, he was a pilot. So he wasn't, he was, wasn't working. So he was home. So we had a lot of time to like, right, we're going to like nail this sort of thing. And, um, and it did go really well and we have like now she's nearly two sometimes she just won't have things or she's got a little more fussy and you know she's like quite strong-willed so she knows what she wants and she doesn't want but I do think that I kind of we both we sort of said like we want to create something together let's do this book together so it's a lot of you know his input in it as well and I just wanted to have something that was like this relatable um sort of journey and we both love cooking so we did a lot of recipes together and it was basically like our kind of lockdown project really and I just I I wanted to do it because I was like there was so I had like five weenie books and I was like one you don't really have the time do you just like sit down and read this entire book and you know so much like an overwhelming amount of information that you kind of get so stressed about it so I was like I want to create this book that basically like my best friend could pick up and go right what's like let's get rid of some of the crap in a lot of them and let's like no offense to people that write all that because I'm sure they're great but you know what I mean let's just focus on like what's important and how can I get all the main information into this book that I can get into bed look on my phone and read um when I'm in bed a couple of different chapters so it kind of hopefully gives that relatable kind of 
sort of um, encouragement to start and to start on a good foot because you know I've seen I had a lot of friends who've gone through it as well and they're like I can't get any vegetables in my kids they need like sweet stuff yeah and I think because we started so well with Lucy as well so Lucy um the dietitian she like contributed a lot to it too and I think together she was we just sort of like I don't want to say nailed it because that sounds really big-headed and I don't mean it to sound like that but I think it was like a it just wasn't too much information. So I thought I'm just going to share all of these points and um, put it into this ebook and get yes. our favorite recipes and just, yeah. Kind of, yeah. We'll be right back after this short break. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? I guess from your background, if you, you know, you've been focusing on your diet for, you know, so many years to try, you know, try and make yourself better. Was it hard to not, I guess, obsess with what you were giving Clara, as in like you wanted to make sure everything was, you know, perfect and balanced? Or did you sort of think, no, I'm not going to put this onto her as well yeah I do you know what I actually started very kind of like we didn't introduce fruit or anything sweet to begin with we really stuck to like getting in like the bitterness and all of like the hardcore stuff and introducing all the food groups and I don't eat meat so this was like quite a big conversation it was like uh, you know a lot of my friends were like are you going to feed her meat are you going to do this and and Adam and I kind of sat down and we're like look we want her to make her choices you know I ate meat up until I was 25 or something so I was like you know I want I don't want her to have any allergies I want to do this properly and I kind of I guess yeah we we did go in like that and now she's got older we have been a lot more relaxed so like at birthday went to birthday party the other day she was having like you know the normal kids food and sometimes you know every day I might not give her like refined sugar or I might do that but for parties I, I wanted to be that kid that can go to a party and eat absolutely everything and eat you know the entire cake like it's I don't I, I think there's a very fine line between wanting to bring her up to sort of like eat well and quite nutritiously to then that very fine line between then obviously eating disorders and I don't want to put her in a place where I'm sort of you know having her restricted and, and all of those kinds of things and I don't want her to have a lot of things that I went through so I want to kind of really create this like very healthy 
sort of approach balance. and yeah. balance and understanding. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really tricky. And like you said, it's almost a bit of a knife edge with it. Like you can give all the advice and bring them up in the right environment. And yet still, like we always say, George, one thing can kind of kick something else on. And you can't really control that. You can only do what you can do. I think, um, you know, for me, it's very difficult with Kit, for example, because he's like 90% sausage, 10% chocolate digestive biscuits. And, yeah. that, and that is, I worked so hard for nearly four years on trying to introduce and now I'm like I must have wasted like 50,000 pounds worth of fruit and vegetables over the last however many years because I every time I just open up his lunchbox and he just hasn't touched any of them and I have to get them in in clever ways but I think that's a lot of people's reality even if you do start off in the right way yeah once you've had a fish finger dunked in ketchup at a kid's party why would you ever want to go back to a paleo pancake like it's difficult for them isn't it it is and I was gonna say so if anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a couple of years will go back to when I first started weaning Gigi yes. and I was like oh my god she eats everything she's amazing yeah. she's a well now she basically has the appetite of a sparrow and I open her lunchbox and she's made two little nibbles into something and a couple of nibbles into something else and she'll have pizza and only eat the topping or avocado on toast and only eat the avocado on the top like she has zero appetite and I think had that have been my first I'd be really worried about it because you know you know it's really important like food is our fuel right and so I think oh my god like she's gonna get sick she's gonna all of this stuff's gonna happen but because it's my second and I sort of think you know what I'm not gonna put pressure on it because I don't want to put anything onto her like I don't want to be forcing her then food becomes a real issue I'm just letting her go with it for now I mean if it goes on for long you know longer I'll look at other things but for now I'm like you know what could be just a phase yeah yeah yeah. that's and they go through so many phases don't they as well like some I think a couple of weeks ago Clara was so off food and I thought I'm not going to panic because it's just some it's just like a little phase she's going through you know if she's hungry she will eat things and then she ended up getting like quite a bad cold and this stuff and luckily when I was making food I was like I'm just going to bang it all in the freezer because you know I think I don't I'm like I don't think it's because she doesn't want this I think she's just yeah, a bit of a phase, not feeling great, whatever. And then like a couple of weeks later, she's then sort of having it again or or, or whatever. But I think parents put so much pressure on like oh God, yeah. on themselves and the kids that everything has to be perfect. And like like some days we may make a big family meal and she'll have that. And then the next days she may like have fish fingers and, you know, or whatever. I just think we have to, it's like this, I find it in everything, not just to do with the weaning stuff, but it's like this like perfect parent. I think, especially when you're like, you are this first time parent as well. It's like, there is so much out there of like how things should be and what they are. And I just think like, like parents don't need that. Like our mental health is like, put to the test isn't it when you Mm. become a parent um and we've all got so much thing so many things going on that it's just like just need to give ourselves a break Tessa this is why we started made by mamas this is exactly (laughs) why we started it to like bust the lid on perfect parenting which is just complete bullshit and actually we're all in the same boat together yeah I love the stuff you girls talk about and I think you do some like such relatable posts I think you were saying there was one the other day that was on um it was on Rage. I don't know mm. if you remember when you wrote yeah. that post, but it was on Rage. And I just thought, like, I found lockdown, like, it's been it's been a really weird time, but I think it's there's parts of it with motherhood that has been really lonely. And I've had, like, I had a lot of friends who have, like, 
I don't know, you guys, I think you even had Chessie on here, didn't you, Chessie? Yeah. 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 So she's been one of my best friends for years and she's, her, her daughter now is like five months, but a lot of my friends have been like that kind of age. So when I had Clara, I had one of my really good friends who had a, a son who was a year older than Clara. So I learned so much from her, like that initial, I don't remember, but it's like when you do that Google search of like, probably 20 to 30 things I Googled, I think, in the first couple of weeks becoming a parent. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, and then I sort of quite heavily relied on my friend Sam because I was like, did did LB ever have this or whatever? And it's like a, oh, a bit of reassurance. But I just think like you kind of get quite, like it, it is quite, it, obviously it's such a fulfilling time, but it's quite a lonely time as well. Um, and I think like what you, what you two girls have created and like your posts and talking about like, you know, loneliness and all these different topics, um, like they're so relatable and so helpful for 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 parents well, oh, thank you for thank saying that Tessa you. it's really nice you know what and it's interesting because until you have your kids really you can be there to support and you can listen to your friends but when you get put in that position where you've got this tiny human that you're completely responsible for that you love you know wholeheartedly but pushes you right to the edge I had a friend around the other day and she was like I read your post on rage and I was like yeah I wanted to smash my head against the window like I wanted to do that in that moment. Like I wasn't going to do it. The kids were there, but I wanted to for a minute because you don't know what that feeling is like where they're just like, oh, inside Everything. you and they're yeah. ripping you apart. Not intentionally, but it's happening. And I think it's really important to say that because who can you really say that to? You need somebody to look at you and go, I hear you. I'm with you. Yeah. I understand you. And also as well, I loved it. I loved that one especially because I'd read a post a little while ago with this. I don't know if it was a bit more of like a... But, oh, I don't know, not like holistic-y kind of earthy parenting, but it was a bit sort of like you should always stay very calm and, and, and if you feel rage, then you should like see someone about it. And I was like, I think, like, I, think every I had day. I'd be in therapy <laughs> every day, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I think it was like, it was over sleep. I literally had like a head banging, like I just fucking sleep, like otherwise I'm going to jump out the window, like that kind of movement. And um and I, I remember this post and I was like, I can't have those thoughts. Like, that's not, that's not okay mm. to be feeling that. So then it was like, when I then saw yours, it was like very some time. And I thought, oh, thank God. Like, no, it's normal and it's okay. You know, you can mm. feel it and you're not a bad parent or you're not the only one. Because actually, usually what things like that when you're going through, so like everyone else, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And also, do you know what? Over the last two years, you, you sort of touched on loneliness and stuff. And I think we've kind of missed these conversations because, you know, you might talk about rage with your friend over a coffee who you saw, who you see 10 minutes after you've had that meltdown. But because we, we like, we, we didn't have those interact interactions for two years. So many people were feeling so alone because it might just be a passing comment. Like, oh gosh, you should have seen me this morning, this happened. And then it would be done and you'd have spoken about it. You'd have shared yeah. it with a friend and then you'd moved on. But because, yeah, we haven't had those sort of small conversations and that might not be something you'd necessarily pick up the phone and phone a mate and tell. Yeah, exactly. Or even like going into like your local coffee shop and someone's like, how are you this morning? And it's like, yeah. oh, I've had a fucking nightmare morning, but it's all good. Like I'm going to have coffee <laughs> and get on with my day. Do you know what I mean? It's like even those sort of things, you're just sort of, and especially when you're at home, you know, there's a lot that sort of things sort of play on your mind. You're like, I can't just get out and, you know, do my normal life and be really busy. And like those little things can sometimes 
sometimes get to you, mm. aren't they? And yeah. I, lo- I love that we're talking about it today. I think it's really brilliant. Um, where can people buy your book? So it's on my website. So it's um, mrstessakelly.com. Um, it's it's on there. And yeah, I just hope, like, I want to do an ebook, so it's just really easy, like, accessible to hopefully as many people um, that they can, like, yeah, when they get into bed, have a cup of tea and just read a little bit of it. And I just hope that it is a relatable and helpful um, and, yeah. yeah. And if your child keeps picking up the stuff that you're putting on their, like, their high chair and they're just chucking it on the floor, it is okay to go to your child, fuck you, <laughs> and take it away and start again yeah, tomorrow. Absolutely. It is okay. <laughs> and it's literally every child, like, my dog, he's a sausage dog and he's, like, a beast, thanks <laughs> The to best Clara. fed sausage dog. Like, dog yeah, yes. he's... He's literally like loving life since we've started. Uh, wow. That's amazing. That's the one weaning tip. Get a dog to oh, move yeah. it all up. I said that to my friend Millie. She was saying so. She was like, Tess, like, what do I do? Sienna keeps doing this. And I was just like, so many of her things. And I thought, right, okay. I was like, bar my like all three book side of the advice I'm going to give you as well. I was like, just get a dog. Yeah. Get a dog. Like, it, yeah. That's keeps, number one Keeps advice. the place really clean. <laughs> Before we go, can we get your five favourite products? Yes, you can. And because of, yeah, because of my baby brain, I've written them down. Yay, she's prepared. <laughs> we love a well-prepared so guest. We can, so we can, uh, we can bang them out. Um, so a practical bag, a backpack. Um, now, I think that that is really, now I used to like, I used to be that girl at school that kind of would just have everything in quite a cool bag and just wouldn't be wearing a backpack because, uh, and now I understand why so many of my friends did it. One, because it saves your back. Um, and and it's just so like, wherever I am, I always have so many bags that now I just have this backpack and I just put everything in for Clara. So whenever we go to the for pub, for roast, whatever, I can just like, literally I'm like Mary Poppins from this bag. Teething. Now we had this quite badly. I don't know, I feel like, most parents do they go through a stage and it's like never ending isn't it with these horrible teeth coming through so we loved matchstick monkey um and also cheeky chomper cheeky oh, chomper i don't know they're called. yeah and it's a really cool like little um like a, a bib it just goes around their neck like a kind of a and, it, and at the bottom of the bib it has a teether like chewy thing on and clara loved those so but i think like just find which one works for you and then buy like a hundred is it the matchstick monkey one isn't that um one of the dragons isn't that his isn't yeah it? i think you're right actually yeah oh, it really? is. little toothbrush on it yeah i think yeah. it's the it's tuca solomon it's tuca solomon yes! um, but it's yes, not it started him. by it started by a lady called katie who's a mum to three right. and then she went on to dragon's den i think and then they teamed up together and they Invested are matchstick monkey oh, and they are brilliant and we use them a lot as well i think it's that's the thing isn't it when you find the one that works you're just like from that first tooth you're like this is what is dead. Like, yeah, it seems to last them for ages, doesn't it? And also shut them up a bit when the teeth. Because I don't know about you guys, but the teething stuff. You know, there's so many on the market. Um, I really found like there was not many that that worked. actually work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it can be difficult. And a sleeping bag. So yeah. I love. There's a company called Pure Earth Collection that I've worked with them for for a while and yeah. they basically their sleeping bags are all about sustainability and they have one that's from like they last from three months to three years so it's kind of like they have to keep 
buying them. Um, and they are a really just gorgeous little company. It's all about like organic and like yeah. these like bamboo fiber and all round sleeping bags. So find and they last from three last. months to three yeah, they're years. amazing. That's jewels. really yeah. good, isn't it? Because they yeah. do grow out of them. Yeah, That's yeah, brilliant. and it's they're basically like all season, so they can be from like thirteen degrees to like a don't know twenty five degree rim or something. It's like thermoregulating. It's all quite like technology like technology that's not the right word you know what I mean I know what you mean um, and a baby shisha so like I sweared by the baby shisha and the white noise oh yes yeah the one because before I was like shh, shh and I was like I don't I'm gonna pass out in a minute like and she loved the shishing but this baby shisha one we had it was like it would stay on for 30 seconds so it kind of got them into that like deep sleep um and then it just shut off after that and I thought that was fab we actually I was like need to stop using it because it was just such a part of the bedtime routine that worked I didn't want to stop it but I did a couple of months ago um and yeah, well she hasn't fine since yeah well done. It's hard. it is hard when you get into yeah. those things yeah what else so a bath thermometer like so simple but you then, it's like that guessing game. Like sometimes I think Clara's winding me up. She's like, I put her in a toe and she's like, hot, hot. So then I'm like panicking. And I'm like, oh, where is that bath thermometer? So I found that saved a lot of like time and just, just stress of like worrying if it was okay and just being like, right, it's fine. Like just, yeah, don't have to worry. Something you don't have to worry about in the day. Nice. Um, and a final thing is a bit, is a baby carrier. Because oh, apparently right. that's, yes. yeah. that's an essential, isn't it? For like, apparently you've got more than, one to be able to have your hands free and it is definitely an essential when you have your second for sure a million percent because then you can yeah you can be hands free in the park and you can do all the things without carting a buggy around um and just before we say bye uh, could you please give us the best piece of advice that you've ever been given um from somebody or a piece of advice that you would pass on to a new parent okay so I would say everything is a phase and people said it to me like I think even before I had Clara that you will find that like everything is a phase and every day is a new day and I think out of all the advice that's probably been the best bit that has kind of kept me sane and some days of thinking oh god like when is this going to end or this sleep rushing going to end or when am I going to feel human again but it always does and then you feel great so it's like oh was a phase write it out on a piece of paper and stick it on your fridge yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tessa Drunk thank it. you so much for coming on it's been an absolute treat oh, to chat to you, you so uh, Tessa's me. book is available to buy now online so go 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 and uh, come back and see us soon thanks Tessa oh, thanks so much ladies do you know what it's so weird that we all had glandular fever because yeah. I don't really know that many people who had it and it's just I, we don't think we've even spoken about that before have we yeah I think I, I don't, to be honest with you I don't think so. it happened such a long time ago but I definitely felt the ripple mm. effects of it for a really long time afterwards um, but I've yeah. always as a result of it just turned to Chinese medicine because I believe in it it works for me you know obviously healthcare professionals listening and doctors might might not and that's fine um, but I have really seen the benefits from it and it's definitely my immunity is much 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 stronger now as a result of the acupuncture and, and various other bits and pieces that I've done um, you know um yeah not, not, yeah kind of eastern medicine I suppose yeah I see I think for me it just taught me to like know my limits so yes. I had 
glands of fever when I was sort of 16, 15, 16, yeah. where your mates are just starting to go, you know, maybe get into clubs with fake ID um, and, you know, do that kind of thing, <laughs> do that kind of thing. And I knew I should have been able to do like three nights in a row when I was 16 and 17, but I couldn't. It, it would completely wipe me out and I'd be so poorly. Mm. And I think it did just teach me that I, I know where my, you know, sort of limits are at. And even now, like, or, or actually not so much now because my life is a lot quieter and slower now. But when I was working, you know, five days a week in London, you could go out every night of the week. There was yeah. always someone to have drinks with. There was always a social occasion. But I always knew that I had to have like two nights a week at home or I had to set aside two nights a week to go to the gym or something like that. And actually, like, it, it, I've kind of carried that on now. I really try not to have like social plans every night of the weekend. Oh, God, no. And if I do, I really feel really feel the burnout. So I think, I guess that's what I learned from it. It's just like trying to, I guess, just looking after your health, really, when it comes down to it. It's a subject that when you become a parent, you don't necessarily put at the forefront. You know, when do you ever yeah. go, oh, actually, you know, I won't do that for my little one because I need to look after me. You just keep going and going and going on this mm. hamster wheel until you are completely burnt out. I mean, we've had these chats with, you know, Anna Matter on the podcast before, for example, and you don't ever get off. And I think, yeah, sometimes you need a bit of a check to check yourself. And actually, Dodger and I were talking about this the other day because him and I are massive party animals. I mean, we get the green light, like, oh, you know, the kids <laughs> might go and stay with my sister. And as opposed to going to like a spa, we will go out and we'll stay up till bloody three, four o'clock <laughs> in the morning doing tequila shots in the kitchen. I feel because worse. We have, yeah. And feel worse the next day. And I'm like, why do we do this? And I actually wrote in my phone the other day that I'm only going to do things that serve my soul now completely. I'm going to try. Yeah. And actually because our health is all we've got and you keep hearing these stories about you know these tragic stories about you know pe- people our age you know women getting breast cancer and you know mm. creative director of Louis creative director of Louis Vuitton he digested 41 of cancer it's like it's it's frightening like we don't know how long we've yeah. got and I think we yeah maybe it's it's quite a good lesson to be like right let's slow down and Save the partying for a minimum. Do you know what? Even am I? But it's not even saving. It's not even. No, I don't even think it's about like not partying. I think it's just about not doing things that you're dreading because yeah. sometimes you feel like you have to go on all these nights out or you especially at Christmas when you're coming up to Christmas you feel like you've got to take the kids to Santa and then you've got to go on to a fairground and then you've got to go here and then you've got to go there and you've also got to see all of your friends before Christmas and you've got to have loads of drinks and you've got to have so much fun and actually we end up dreading it so much like oh my gosh we've got so many plans and I think we we just have to, yeah, you're right. You just have to do things that you actually want to do. Like that, and that's that's what it comes down to. <laughs> but you know we're parents, so you know we have to do stuff all the time. That yeah, we don't I mean, do. I don't want to go to bloody soft play, and I don't really <laughs> want to go to see Santa, but I will because it's wholesome and it's not. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to get a. It serves your soul. It serves your soul. It serves your soul exactly. Yeah. Um, as always, thank you so much for kind of engaging with the podcast and being a part of it. We would absolutely love you to rate, review, subscribe, um, and give the podcast a little follow as well because that just means that you will never miss an episode. That would be great. Yeah, please do. And if you've seen anyone amazing on Instagram or on the TV or just anyone that's got a good story that you think would, you know, be up for chatting to us on the podcast, then please drop us a message. We're on At Made By Mummers and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mummers is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.